Welcome to the Founders Focus Podcast, an open conversation with TechCore founder Gary Beach and those who care about the future of technology. For more than 25 years, TechCore has worked to ensure K through 12th grade students in the United States have equal access to technology programs, skills, and resources that enhance early learning and prepare them for college or career. Founders Focus invites you along for the journey as we examine technology and how it impacts the way we work and live. Hello and welcome to TechCore's Founders Focus podcast series. My name is Gary Beach and I am Vice Chair and Founder of TechCore. We're excited to start a three-part series today focusing on corporate America's role in creating a more diverse technology workforce. In this series, we will speak with three technology executives, Jermaine Henson, Vice President for Software Development Services at Nationwide, Greg Tichetti, Chief Information and Strategy Officer at State Auto Insurance, and Kim Snipes, Executive Vice President, CIO for Consumer and Digital at KeyBank. Why is diversity such an important issue? Research reports reveal companies with diverse workforces are one, more productive, two, more innovative, three, they more easily attract and retain talent, and four, they have more satisfied customers. But a recent report from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission says tech workforces are overwhelmingly white Asian males under the age of 40. Moreover, corporate cultures that are inhospitable to women cause more than 50% of female technology workers to leave the field within five years. More has to be done. And thankfully, more is being done. And today in part one, we are going to talk with Jermaine Henson from Nationwide to share ideas on how to create a more diverse technology workforce. Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Gary. It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, we, we appreciate your time. Uh, to get started off, to give our audience a sense of what you do in your role at Nationwide, why don't you just take a moment to explain you know, what, what the uh, uh, job is Software Development Services Vice President at Nationwide does. Yeah, Gary, thanks for the question. So in my current role, I'd use the words business solution area leader. Uh, and, you know, you know, I, I essentially lead the planning, the development, the requirements, the testing, the software engineering and development of solutions for our NF uh, businesses. Uh, and that, you know, this includes our operational data store, package solutions such as salesforce.com, uh, you know, as well as, you know, many of our digital front ends through NF.com. Uh, and and it, that's really for our three businesses of retirement solutions, annuities, and life insurance. That's a fascinating job. Uh, Jermaine, many of the folks that will be listening into this podcast are, are young people looking to get a career in technology. And I think now knowing what you're doing, uh, they'd be interested in knowing, you know, what, what is, everybody has a story on how they got into this industry. Yeah. What is your tech career story? When did you realize, for instance, you wanted to work in technology? And importantly, who were some of your primary influences? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I would say, you know, being in, involved in technology and being fascinated by technology really happened at an early age for me. I can remember as a young kid, you know, being fascinated with 
simple things like what we call simple now, but the VCR. Uh, and I remember getting myself in some pretty big trouble by taking that VCR apart, and, you know, just to be able to look on the insides and understand what was happening, what was the process occurring. You know, I also, at an early age, my, my parents bought me a Tandy 1000 uh, personal computer. And I can remember, uh, you know, primarily I used it for games, but I can also remember just reflecting as a, as a kid on, you know, the, the how the system worked overall, my ability to interact with the system, load different discs, play different games, have the visual interface. So I was always kind of fascinated by technology, but it would be years later uh, in my career when I would realize that I actually wanted to work uh, in technology. I was a freshman in college. I was working at a small uh, boutique uh, computer firm called GLC Systems. This was years ago. It was 1995, I believe. And this is when the, you know, the immersion, if you will, of the uh, personal PCs, you know, custom built PCs actually was coming, coming together. And, uh, you know, it was at that time where I was working at this small company, putting PCs together. We were doing local area networking, wide area networking. Uh, you'll recall at that time, dial-up internet was just being becoming a really big thing. And, <laughs> and so those were uh, some of the things that, you know, made me realize I could see how technology was really going to drive business, as well as, you know, our social interactions of the future with the introduction of the internet. So, you know, you know, as I think about some of the people who really influenced me, you know, I had an uncle um, who was a software developer, uh, you know, for years. And I can remember, you know, just, you know, being, you know, inquisitive about the things that he did in his job and how writing software and writing code, you know, actually was needed to run and operate businesses. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, my uncle was certainly a, a, a great influencer of mine. My older brother, who went to the Air Force, followed in my father's footsteps, went into the Air Force, also was a technologist, and that was his trade in the Air Force. And he's the one that kind of helped me get initially involved in that custom PC uh, building work at GLC Systems. That was an exciting time. That was uh, an exciting time. We were so lucky to be uh, to be part of That's it. That's right. And it's interesting, your answer, uh, Jermaine, from one of our on our first podcast, the, 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 the two, two folks we, we interviewed, they were also talking about what, what you essentially said, the importance of applied knowledge you know, in terms of taking those machines apart. How does it work? So yes. not just what, you know, having the knowledge, but how do you, how do you apply? Um, Joanne, if you had, take a moment, uh, what is Nationwide's relationship with, with TechCore? Well, you know, I, I work at Nationwide. I've, you know, been a uh, proud Nationwider for about 22 years, uh, and I serve on the national board uh, for TechCore. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, appreciative and, and humble to be able to serve in that capacity. Um, you know, Nationwide has been involved uh, with TechCore in a variety of ways. One, you know, they have uh, sponsored some of the hackathons. I think they have a, a hackathon that's coming up that Nationwide will be sponsoring. And I know that earlier in my career, I actually served as, you know, uh, I think it was a mentor for TechCore students that would come to Nationwide for a day and, and have the opportunity to shadow people. This was years ago. But, you know, Nationwide has, uh, you know, a, a great tradition of being involved uh, in many of the programs that are, you know, active in driving diversity uh, as well as inclusion, particularly in the tech technology domain uh, here in the Columbus community. Um, it's it's uh, the importance of mentoring, as you mentioned, is it's just, it's just so important, whether it's a work or your uncle, like, like, That's like you right. said, and I would encourage folks listening 
that are interested in a tech career to follow Jermaine's advice in and identify a mentor and work with with him or her. Jermaine, um, this is one of the seminal questions we have here today. What is your take? Why is this wonderful industry we've been talking about, the tech industry, and we've both been in it for decades. Why, after decades of discussion, why is our industry still struggling to be more diverse? What, 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 what's, why, why is that so? You know, you know, yeah, from my opinion, uh, you know, uh, Gary, it, it really starts with access in, in early education. You know, I, I really am a firm believer to that. And that's one of the main reasons why I was so interested in serving uh, in this capacity with TechCore, because, you know, I, I think the earlier we're able to help people bridge the gap from, you know, understanding how technology works and how to understand, and not, not just going from understanding how technology works, but how technology can work for them, whether it be in small business, whether it be in big business, you know, you know, really helping people bridge the gap and, and, and creating a safe place, you know, uh, for younger students to get involved in, in, in applied knowledge of technology. I mean, it can be a daunting field. It has kind of a legacy uh, and a history of being a field where, you know, everyone is expected to be a genius mathematician. That can sometimes be the, the, uh, the perception. The reality is, is that there are a lot of applicable uses of technology um, that, you know, that kids use on a day-to-day basis, uh, uh, you know, now and may not even realize it. So I think taking away some of that, you know, uh, stigma, if you will, yeah. uh, from technology and getting applied experiences uh, for future technologists early in their, in their learning and learning education life cycle, that to me is one of the reasons why I think we continue to see, you know, underrepresented uh, demographics in the field. Uh, you know, there, there's an oppor- opportunity and a need to ensure that we are getting that, those applied learning experiences to all schools at, at earlier grades across the country. To interject a, a fascinating, uh, you know, we all get these e- emails each day, and I found one this morning that, that kind of dovetails to your point, because then I want to get back and ask you about, about that early intervention that there's 4 million technology workers in our country right now. Unemployment in the tech industry is one and a half percent. So that means of those 4 million workers, there's only 60,000 of them are unemployed. Hey, put that over here. CompTIA, which is an, an industry organization on certification out in Chicago, they reported yesterday that there are 318,000 open IT jobs in our country. So if that doesn't suggest that we have to do collectively a much better job at getting more people interested in tech, you know, nothing does. Uh, And rather than have this question at the end, I wanted to bring it up now uh, because you mentioned early intervention. Uh, I just finished reading this book, everything I learned to know I learned in kindergarten. What, what, can you, have you thought about what grade level or what age level uh, should young uh, children in America be be introduced to to technology? And I'm not talking about writing code, but that could be part of it. Yeah. But what, what, right now, it seems like it's more middle school, high school. Is it 
Is it uh, certainly those are important? Uh, is there an earlier intervention you say? I, I, I think so. Uh, you know, I certainly think so. I, I think one of the first things that we, you know, have to acknowledge in this question that you ask is, you know, one, we're, we're dealing with digital natives. Uh, you know, the, 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 the generation now that, it, that are in primary and secondary school, they're interacting with, you know, digital graphic user interfaces. They're touching screens and iPads and phones. Uh, they're downloading apps. Um, they're they're you they're interacting with technology uh, in a very hands-on way, and so again, I going back to my earlier comment, I think the earlier, and I I think as early as you know you, the primary grades, first through third grade, even, and helping kids understand how technology can be used to solve problems because it's the mindset. And, and the behavior. And, and, and then also, as you build that mindset and behavior of how technology uh, can solve problems, then you also, as, as they matriculate through the education process, we, I think we have to be clear about expanding this definition of IT. You know, Gary, you and I know IT is so broad now. I mean, you, you have you know, developers, software engineers, you have infrastructure engineers, you have folk, people who are focused on writing automation, uh, you have architects, uh, you have information uh, uh, risk management professionals, data scientists. And so, you know, starting at an early age of being comfortable with technology and using technology to solve problems and then understanding the, the true scope of all the things that you can do in the field of technology uh, as, as these kids kind of come up through the educational process, I think is absolutely important because it, then it becomes second nature. And this is the last thing I'll say. We often say technology and, and we sometimes differentiate between technology and you know business roles. But what I see, uh, and I, it, it certainly is a pattern across the industry, is that more and more business people and more and more technologists are blurring the lines between their roles. Technologists uh, have to understand, have to have business acumen and understand business processes. Right. Business leaders have to have technical acumen and understand how new businesses can be accelerated through the exploitation of technology, solving problems, through APIs, microservices, things of that nature, the scale and the scope and the speed in which business leaders can move now, given the current context of the cloud, uh, requires that they really have a fundamental understanding of technology. So these roles oh, yeah. are beginning to merge a bit. I mean, how many times over the years have you and I heard people on stage say, um, yeah, my, I, I might have a, a CEO of an airline. I'm really a technology company that happens to that, that's do, right. do planes. <laughs> and that, that could be said about all workers. They're, they're all technology workers. They just happen to be you know, doing cloud applications. Right. But, but getting back to, to diversity, um, I want you to do one thing for me then and explain your, your letter grade. Speaking broadly, what grade would you ascribe to corporate America's efforts to be more diverse? And then the second part of that, why so? You know, uh, this, this is, you know, again, in my opinion, I, I think um, there has been great progress, um, but there is so much more progress to go. So I would say, if you ask me for a specific grade, I would say, 
you know, I'd give it a C and say we're, we're, we're doing about average, but we have so much more potential uh, in creating these diverse workforce. And it's, and it's not just for the sake of diversity, frankly. You know, as you think about the products and the services uh, and the business processes and the sales channels and the distribution models, they're, they're, they're all uh, the, you know, the common denominator in all of those things is the diverse population of people who are interacting with, purchasing from, uh, working with uh, the context of those goods and services and business processes. So it really is, I think, imperative for businesses uh, mm-hmm. to ensure that they are doing the things that are required to have a organization that looks like the communities in which they serve. Good points. And, and what I wanted to you know, just focus on for a moment or two, you know, what in terms of your role as a business leader within Nationwide, what, are, what is Nationwide Insurance doing you know, to make its, its uh, employee base more diverse? You know, there, there's a lot of things, you know, a, a couple of things that I would say um, is we're we, we at Nationwide, we really strive to have a culture where every voice is heard and every voice matters and every voice contributes. And one of the, the other opportunities that I have, uh, to, you know, another capacity in which I serve at Nationwide is the chair of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Council for Nationwide Technology. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about, you know, things that Nationwide's doing, you know, you know, we're, we're partnerships like TechCore and the sponsorships that we provide for like the hackathon that's coming up. Uh, other local organizations like Perscalus and Year Up, uh, in which we are being very deliberate about recruiting a diverse talent pipeline. You know, this, this strong commitment, I really believe this strong commitment uh, is one of the reasons for nationwide success and why it continues to be, you know, uh, a Fortune 100 company. Uh, it, it, it is truly, I, you know, and I, I, again, I'll tell you, Gary, um, I have benefited both personally and professionally uh, in my time at Nationwide. And, and I started as a young, young uh, college student working my way through, uh, you know, college. And uh, I'll tell you, there, there were great opportunities for me to learn, for me to develop, for me to mentor, for me to be mentored, and for me to be promoted to where I am in my career. Now, did that require a lot of grit and tenacity on my part? Sure. Uh, but it also required a company who was willing and able to invest in a diverse pipeline and diverse associates, giving them greater responsibility as well as uh, this investment in, in their personal development. So when you're, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you're saying, Jermaine, it, it culturally at, at Nationwide, diversity is, is an important cor- corporate value that emanates from, from, from the corner office. You know, it, it actually starts top down, right? You're absolutely right. It's driven by the board of directors, our CEO, uh, Kurt Walker, our senior executives. Um, you know, it, it, is, it, it is demonstrated by, you, you, you use the word applied, you know, learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, th- there's also objective facts, right? And we, we have been recognized, Nationwide has been recognized uh, as having one of the most diverse, diverse boards in the insurance and financial services industry. Uh, you know, we've developed a strong recruiting and advocacy partnership with HBCUs and National Urban League. So, you know, the list goes on of, of, of to, you, to your point, Gary, of it is a very important aspect of our culture, and it is demonstrated by our senior leaders on down to our frontline associates. You talked, Greg, uh, Jermaine, rather about 
you know, the whole aspect of proactively rec uh, recruiting candidates, whether they be diverse or not. But thinking about a diverse candidate, uh, a candidate that you may have hired recently, what what do you do, uh, if anything? I mean, do you do it does does uh, is it harder to integrate a diverse candidate into a workforce than 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 not? Um, you know, and I, this is that's really a great question. So as I mentioned earlier, I lead the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council for Nationwide Technology, and you know, part of our promoting this environment in, of of inclusion is we created a strategy that's based on five pillars: attracting the diverse talent, developing the diverse talent, retaining. Uh, and then elevating that diverse talent and educating all of the all on the value of the uh, education, or I'm sorry, of the value of diversity. So to to the question you asked, you know, I, I I don't know that it's harder, but I do believe that organizations have to be, you know, cognizant of you said it earlier of as you as as someone assimilates into an organization and they're new, you know, having programs where people can be mentored, where people can you know, have the conversations uh, with people who may have had similar experiences as well. All of those things I think are important for helping not only the organization retain the talent, but helping the talent become, you know, effective, if you will, as soon as possible within the context of the new organization. And, and you know, the, the, a tried and true saying, you know, you plan your work, you work your plan. And listening to you, Karina, it, it just comes across so clearly to me, uh, the importance of having a, a strategy for, right. let's say, business execs listening to this podcast, not just, oh, we're going we're gonna to start a diverse program and oh, what have you, but have a, a finely tuned you know, corporate strategy uh, is important. I guess one that could be measured also, but, but uh, so strategy. Um, That's right. You also got me thinking about, this goes back several years, I was talking to sort of your counterpart at Salesforce. And we were talking about diversity for a column I was writing at that time for the, for the Wall Street Journal. And what they do at Salesforce is every month they do an audit of every page they have on the web. And they're looking for people on the pages. And then they're just uh, doing a, okay, this page has, has an African-American, has an Asian, has a man, has a woman. <laughs> yeah. They were shocked how undiverse their their web pages were and you know mark benioff's pretty pretty uh front and center guy uh, he's out there talking about diversity and and the websites is is not and they they changed it immediately so that's just a, a thought not for you but for the listeners you know yeah. when you get back uh have someone look at their their their, their pages there uh, let's see just flipping the pages here what what advice you've, you've given such cogent advice throughout this 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 conversation? But what advice to business executives would you prioritize? And we've mentioned the strategy, but what what are the three things if you can put it in that order? I hate being asked that when I'm on a podcast. Yeah. What are the three things, Gary? I don't know. But what what are the what are what's the advice you're sitting down uh, with a colleague at another yeah. company and he or she asked you? Um, uh, you know, how do I build a more diverse workforce? What would you What would you say to them? You know, there. You know, at Nationwide, we're very. Uh, I think 
deliberate is the word that I would use around focusing on ways to encourage this allyship. And, you know, there are four things that we try to really uh, focus on. One is reach out. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait for someone to come to you. Be proactive and, and intentional and, and sincere. You know, uh, offer opportunities, make a conscious effort to give someone a chance to grow. So if you're saying, you know, hey, you know, as a uh, as a, uh, a leader or a business executive that, you know, may be listening to this call, you know, give someone an opportunity, give them a chance to grow where they otherwise may not have that chance. Listen to that person, you know, ask for and consider the perspective employees with diverse background and experiences. I think, you know, the commonator that common denominator that we all have is that we are all diverse in some way. And so you have the opportunity to learn from different perspectives by just simply listening. And then, you know, as you listen, learn, use these interactions and viewpoints for your personal de- development and personal reflection. And I, I, you know, I've, I've been in technology for uh, 20 plus years and I've had great experiences, uh, but I have learned so much in this last year and a half uh, by being the chair of the diversity, equity and inclusion uh, board for Nationwide Technology, and then also serving uh, Gary on on the board for TechCore. Uh, just understanding, you know, one, the different perspectives, the, the great opportunities, the importance of diversity uh, f- as it relates to our business strategy and how it really takes the entire culture of the organization to make it a reality. No, it's, it's uh, good points. Uh, Jermaine, in my opening comment, I was, I was talking about uh, and this has not changed in, in 40 years, yeah. that the, the male-female aspect of, of the IT workforce is anywhere from 75 to 80% men and 20 to 25% uh, women. How can we get the gender balance more, more, uh, more balanced, the gender uh, composition more balanced? And do you think the pandemic has has exacerbated uh, the the gender imbalance in tech and technology industry you know I, I'll start with the first question I, I I would go back to what we what we talked about um, you know earlier as well which is it, it starts at an early age I mean one of the programs that you know I, again I know that the hackathons and some of the things that TechCore your organization does Gary our organization as a board member uh, is is get the interest get the involvement get the hands-on applied knowledge of all underrepresented uh demographics and technology, which includes young girls, young girls who code and things of that nature, uh, understanding that it is a, again, it it is a field that is uh, full of opportunity. Just reflect a little bit, Gary, on the numbers that you shared from the article that you read. You know, we have to increase the pipeline overall of people coming into technology jobs, especially as technology becomes even more ubiquitous, uh, you know, in in business and in our personal lives. And so uh, as it is right now. And so I I think there's an there's an opportunity and a need um, to increase to create that pipeline of both females, uh, people of different ethnic backgrounds, people with a variety of uh, 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 interest in the different types of technology roles that, that can be played out and fulfilled. Oh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast here today, Jermaine, I was, I was mentioning that thankfully 
uh, many people are stepping up, you know, to confront this challenge and uh, you're, you're doing a wonderful job. And, uh, you know, Jermaine Henson and your role as Vice President of Software Development Services at Nason Ride for TechCore and the TechCore Founders uh, Podcast, Founders Focus Podcast Series. I want to thank you for sharing your ideas and passion. And I know people who are listening to this 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 podcast have walked away with applied knowledge, you know, to go right to work and and have to recruit. We have to recruit like 300,000 more people to, to, to not only just the, the skills gap, but the, the, the job shortage. So thank you very, very much, uh, Jermaine. And, and for the Tech Core Founders Focus podcast series, I'm Gary Beach. Thank you very much for listening today.